Wow. I know. It's dangerous being a priest. <laughs> And welcome to The Father, The Son and The Holy Toast. This is the second episode in a series of conversations between my dad, who works in the Church of England, and myself. This episode I find out about his training to become a priest, an injury he sustained jumping from a church tower, with a little chat about the existence of God thrown in at the end. Apologies for the slightly poorer sound quality, I made a stupid tech mistake, so I've had to use the audio recorded from Zoom. That aside, I hope you enjoy listening to this episode. Good afternoon. It's afternoon. It's gone 12. It is afternoon because uh, now it's not January. Uh, I'm allowed to drink alcohol, so felt right. Have you had, to... have you had one of them already that I sent you? <laughs> so you sent four <laughs> I and, did. I've ha- uh, and I've had three. <laughs> <laughs> I thought um, I'd send them a bit early in the week. I thought that was a bit, but next time I'll send it a bit later. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I almost, well, I had three, which is bad, but I only need one for this, so I, I made sure I didn't touch this one. So uh, yeah. you've sent me a, what have you sent me? I've sent you a York Brewery Minster Ale with a picture of, well, it's not a picture of, it's a kind of a, uh, a kind of figurative uh, depiction of York Minster on the, on the label. It's a very nice uh, label. Right, let's it, put, oh, go on. And it's 4.2% and it's, uh, I think it's very nice. My favourite is Guzzler, but that hasn't got, that hasn't got the picture of the minster on it. And I thought for this, I ought to send one with the minster on it. I've had the Guzzler before, but I haven't had this one. Well, I've had three of them this week. (laughs) So we're pouring them out now. She's great radio. Yeah. Well, not that it's radio, but you know what I mean? Oh, there you go. Plug, plug, plug. So, right. Cheers. 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 Um, when I first saw it, um, it reminded me, I don't know the difference between a minster and a cathedral, if there is a difference or why the, why York um, is called York Minster and not, not York Cathedral. Well, all, all, all minsters aren't cathedrals but all cathedrals aren't minsters. So a minster was a, like a resource church in the early years of uh, churches. So it was like the head office and people went out from there to, to set up other churches. So it was like the hub around which lots of other things happened. That was um, the original some... reason why York Minster was built. Yeah. Uh, well, no, no, no. York Minster. York Minster was built because... Um, well, I tell this story, which I made up, um, but I think it, there's some. I can't. I'm gonna. You, you've. I haven't. I haven't prepared for this, so I haven't really thought of it. So, so um, there were two guys having a conversation, and uh, one was a Christian and one wasn't, and uh, 
and the one who the one who wasn't was saying so you know what's all this christianity stuff about and the one who was was a christian kind of talked about it and in the end the one who wasn't a christian said actually you know it's what you say makes sense i've been away and i've thought about it and you know i'd like to i'd like to become a christian as well and um so uh, the one who was a christian said oh all you need to do is to get baptized then and the other one said well i'd like to do that then please and uh, the other one said well because you're a king we'd better do it in a special place so I'll, i'll arrange for something to be built and so they built a kind of wooden kind of shack i suppose it was in those days with a thatched roof uh, and that was the first york minster and the king was edwin and the christian was a guy called paulinus saint paulinus who was the first bishop of york so, so wait, i like to it was a king it was a king getting baptized that yeah. led to it yeah because he was married to um i can't remember her name now it begins with e and it's a funny kind of saxon name um uh, anyway, he was married to her and she was a Christian, so which is why she had a chaplain who was kind of Paulinus, this Saint Paulinus, who wasn't a saint at the time, but he is now. Um, well, I suppose he was a saint at the time. He just hadn't got that title. Anyway, <laughs> let's not get into that. <laughs> um, and, uh, and and so, uh, you know, I, I've made up that story as like it's two blokes like we are having a chat. Uh, I suspect there was a lot more politics and power kind of stuff involved in the conversation or in what was going on. But in the end, York Minster, the first York Minster was built in order that a king could be baptised in it so that he could become a Christian. And I like to think that that's a model of what our Minster and actually all places should be, that uh, places where people can meet to have a conversation, wherever the conversation leads. Yeah. Anyway. I, love, I love it. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So all minsters aren't cathedrals and all cathedrals aren't minsters, but some are both. Do you know why a cathedral is a cathedral? Let's get that one out of the way, shall we? Come on. Uh, population size. Oh, good Lord. No, how <laughs> secular can you get? That's rubbish. No, it's because it's got a special chair in it that the bishop sits in. It's a cathedra is a chair. So it's, but, a, it's a seat. It's the seat of the bishop. And ours happens to be the seat of the archbishop. Like Canterbury is the seat, seat of the archbishop of Canterbury. York is the, is the seat of the archbishop of York. So if there's no seat for a bishop, it's not... It's uh, not a cathedral. Not a cathedral. What's the, yeah. What was the smallest... Is it the world's smallest cathedral? The UK's smallest cathedral we went to in Wales? Oh, uh, St. Well, we so, David's. St. David's, St. David's, St. David's yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that the? I'm not, is that the small? I'm not sure. Is it, we'll have to look that up. But I'm pretty sure that that's the smallest cathedral. It's the slopiest. I mean, slopiest. It's, it's, it's on a slant, isn't it? <laughs> Don't you remember? It's on a. It's on a kind of a incline. Yeah. It feels like it, you're going downhill inside. Inside it. <laughs> it um, is very beautiful. Well, there's a there's our five minute or my five minute lesson in uh, in the difference between a minster and a cathedral. And I had a I had a thought that I wanted to come back on you, back to you to ask you a question after our conversation last week. Can I do that? Is that allowed? Absolutely. So you were asking me if I got um, uh, ribbed, ribbed. That's a very kind of p- taken the piss out of. Um, yeah. Because I wanted because I was a Christian and wanted to be a priest when I was at school. Okay. We had that conversation last time. Yeah. And I thought actually when you were at school. You you were a blooming dancer, 
<laughs> an actor. And I wondered if you, you know, if you've got a similar kind of, you know, one would expect that in an all boys school, you'd have got kind of ribbed, taken the piss out of because of that. Did you? It, I mean, it was definitely known. I just, I don't know how or why, and I don't know if it was a, teenage confidence but I just managed to try and spin it in my favor and yeah. play and and play it as a strength yeah r- rather than rather than allow anyone who was trying to to make it look like a weakness um <laughs> I mean the first thing that came into my head was I, I just think I was probably one of a select few of people that could do a worm at the uh at the disco <laughs> at the at the school discos and, and parties we went to so i i don't know as soon as you whip out the worm i mean no one no one no one was going to mess with me you've got to be careful about how you say that actually <laughs> <laughs> um, i think i know what you mean and uh and having having a uh performed from from a very young age <laughs> Um, and having worked professionally uh, <laughs> on stage and screen, um, uh, yeah, I felt like I was what's the word? Kind of like you that I was strong enough in it. Yeah, confident. It, 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 yeah. That that part of my life was outside of school, yeah. and it was giving me a confidence and experiences that. Um maybe subconsciously I knew were kind of building my confidence and, and people yeah. skills Yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that I wasn't kind of yeah. threatened, threatened in school. And if anyone did pick on me, I just did the worm and then their jaw dropped and, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, just busted a, busted a move out of, uh, yeah. So when anyone took the academy, I just did a little prayer with them and it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> and actually <laughs> talking of that, I think, and I don't even know. I mean, it was a very weak link. But you said you got called bishop, which was a yeah. as yeah. a as a kind of being taken the mick out of at school. Yeah, yeah. But I went to <laughs> this. Is, I don't. This is probably not very good for for. It probably wasn't looked upon in a good way. But I went on a rugby tour. Yeah. Secondary school, and we all had nicknames put on the back of our rugby shirts. Oh dear, yeah. And I think purely because of my link with you, I got Pope. Oh right, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. And we went and we went to Italy, and I think <laughs> I think we walked around the Vatican City, and okay. I was anyway. I don't know if that was a, a stupid well, in, thing it, to do, but no, no, no. In grandpa, in grandpa's little golf kind of set, he's the chaplain because of me. Even though he he is an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> the most outspoken anti-church person you we probably know in our family yeah Fun. anyway um, so my influence is very very strong on lots of people which is <laughs> good and bad um so we finished the conversation so, yeah. last last week we did um with you just about to step into st stephen's st stephen's house yes and so what? So what is St Stephen's House? Okay, so I had a degree, a very ordinary degree in theology from Southampton University, 
And uh, so I got to I got a place at Stephen's House Theological College in Oxford, which sounds very grand. And I suppose in some ways it is. But actually, St. Stephen's House, by the time I went there, was in a very ordinary and ordinary is probably not the right, not the right word. The, uh, it was it wasn't in the leafy university bit of Oxford. It was on it was on the Cowley Road um, in a, you know, with Tesco's down the, and boots across the road and. Um, you know, little pubs and ordinary people where the ordinary people of Oxford live. It wasn't it wasn't the university bit. So which was great. It was it was really good. Um, and it was full of um, uh, young, youngish, mainly uh, men. There were a few women by the time I got their training to be deaconesses. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, it was an intensive uh, full time residential training to be a priest is basically what it was. Three years. Uh, yeah, if you if you didn't have a degree in theology, it was three years at that stage. It's all different now. But when I was when I went, if you had a degree in theology, you could do it in two. So I did it in two. Um, so what would the what would an average day? Well, at, the, the at, most important priest priest college be priest, priest school. Uh, the most important thing was that we had to go to what they call the offices, which was morning prayer and evening prayer every day so uh that seven was, days a week uh no, maybe not the weekends maybe, maybe well maybe not saturday i can't to be honest i can't remember i don't yeah. think saturday i think you probably could if you wanted to but you didn't have to on a saturday uh but yeah every other day you were and it was it was there were some theological colleges that weren't that strict but st stephen's house was quite strict so you did have to go so and that was for me that was one of the most um significant kind of building blocks of what was you know the pattern of what I've lived my life since so that was really really good so it was based on that kind of pattern almost monastic pattern of prayer um, and then there were there were there, there was uh, biblical studies and there was pastoral psychology and there were placements you had to go on um, and um, you know uh, it, it, so there was there was a mixture of academic and uh practical aspects to the training and it was yeah so that's how it did that's how it worked and how did you find that you fitted in amongst the other students so you said last the last conversation that you could hold your faith and also buy anarchy in the uk is that the right one yeah yeah um were there others similar to you or were there more were there more is the right word evangelical no no people who were more a bit like taken aback by you coming in with no your... no 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 st stephen's house wasn't the word evangelical was rarely used at st stephen's house it was an anglo it was what what it would be described in church terms as an anglo-catholic theological college still is so in english uh, that means liberal high church no no not necessarily liberal but high church so it so Rather than thinking that uh, uh, the faith and being a, a Christian minister, which is what evangelicals, would, the kind of language that most evangelicals would more comfortably use, mm -hmm. was all about uh, preaching and understanding and the Bible as it stands, which is a kind of caricature of what a, the evangelical wing of the church would say. The church, uh, the, the, the high church, the Anglo-Catholic way of thinking about things is that ritual and tradition and uh 
you know, um, your mind and your sense of smell and your sense of hearing and your sense of eye, you know, what you, your sense of eyes, your, what you see, <laughs> uh, beauty and all these things should be part of your faith and of your experience of worship. So, so be, so, be that be that things that aren't anything to do with the church. You mean the what the whole world? No, 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 no. The the, the Anglo-Catholic, the church, the 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 high church way of doing things is is much more. Uh, well, I would say because it's what is my inclination. It's, it's what I instinctively want to do. It, uh, is richer. Um, it's not just about what's in your head and mm-hmm. what you believe in your head. It's about your whole being and. And so worship and the way you live your life is about the whole of you is not just about what you think in your head. Does that so beautiful music, incense, mm-hmm. beautiful vestments, a beautiful setting. So, the, you know, the church should be it should be beautiful. Um, be, so, a more, oh, so, so a, so it, a more, like a, like the difference between going to see a film in 2D and one of those 4D experiences where you get a bit. You might be, yeah, 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 there might everything. be one of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's, it's, <laughs> it's the, the, the Anglo Catholic way is much, is much, uh, I mean, the way, the way, the, the way that I've described it in the past is that as a priest, uh, if, if, if all I've got when I go to visit somebody uh, as, a, as a, as a parish priest is my Bible, that's, that's really, really important and valuable. Mm-hmm. But if I go in my with my toolbox and I've got my Bible in there, but I've also got sacraments and I've also got uh, diff- different ways of engaging with people, um, uh, you know, anointing um, uh, 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 and doing all sorts of other things with people, then I've got a much bigger, a, a much bigger tool bag right. to take rather than just saying, oh, well, the Bible says this. Yeah. So, so um, I've always been drawn more to to that way of to, to 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 the what I would say the more enlarged way, the more the, the enriched way of engaging with faith, which allows you to uh, adapt and be flexible. Yeah. In the way that you uh, provide that. Yeah. Pastoral care to. Yeah. Yeah. Communities and individuals. Yeah. And yeah. congregations. Yeah. Because different people want different things, and actually, the, the the one of the most important things you have to be as a as a as a parish priest, I would say, is is flexible. Because you have to you have to meet people where they are, um, and the bigger your toolbox is of stuff that you can take to to um, uh, to engage with people, the better. From my point of view, not everyone would agree with me, but that's what I think. Were there any teachers at St Stephen's House that you didn't? like you don't have to name and shame anybody <laughs> but was it but was there were there was there anything you dis- disagreed with no no I, no that sounds as though i was a kind of goody goody and thought they were all great um no but as were... in you, you had a you had a positive experience and yes. you didn't feel like there was an individual or part of the course that just kind of rubbed I don't know, rubbed you up the wrong way or it no, felt like unnatural for you to No, no, no. It felt like up. the right it felt like the right place to be. And um and 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 I met some really lovely, interesting, 
people who weren't all the same as me by any means and didn't didn't express their faith in the same way that I did and didn't live their lives the same way that I did. But actually, um, nearly all of them, um, you know, I liked and got on with and, and mum did as well because she was she was with me by the you know we were married and living there together so it was kind of an experience for both of us mm-hmm. did you do anything what was the naughtiest thing you did at St Stephen's College <laughs> <laughs> or were you at an age where well I mean did you ever get of... told off or was it really uh, like I, that I don't remember getting told off but uh, I was I was or what was the naughtiest thing that somebody else did Oh, I'm not going to say that because they, <laughs> they might be a bishop now <laughs> or something. Um, but I mean, it was it was it, it wasn't it wasn't a place full of saints. I'll tell you that. In other words, but would you do you do normal things like at the end of a day? Well, I guess you got to go to evening prayer. I was to say go to the pub, but then do you have oh, to rush no, back no, to no. The... before before evening prayer? We used to we used to have sherry. Or nearly oh. always, you'd go to somebody. There was a, it was a bitty feat. Bits of it. Not in a mean? horrible way, but a feat. Um, twee. Right. So so there were sherry parties before evening prayer, and sometimes evening prayer did get a little bit raucous in the responses. <laughs> were, because, you know, a little bit too much sherry had been partaken of before before evening prayer. And then, you know, there were there were some who would never, never want to darken the doors of a pub, but then there were groups that, you know, there were very good friends, and we did go to the pub and... We did have dinner parties and we did, uh, yeah, we did. We, we drank too much and had, and had a really good time, like students would, a bit like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. No, there was, it, so yeah, we did do naughty things, but not very, very naughty. Yeah, yeah. And when you say you went on placements, what's that? Is that, were you a, oh, what's the word? One of those, um, when you go and shadow a priest. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, so I went Curate. very good. Yeah. Or is that after? Like, or is that after? No, that, that came after. after. No, no, no. We, so, so a good friend of mine, um, we went, we went to, uh, we had a placement with a, a very, very left-wing pacifist priest in, on the outskirts of Oxford. And he wanted us to go and do visiting in some of the kind of high-rise flats. Not, 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 they're not very high-rise compared to London, but they you know, there were four or five stories high flats and just, visit people who you know were or had been members of his church in the past probably too old and I remember going um with 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 this good friend of mine and we knocked on this lady's door and she came to the door and 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 we had a bit of a chat and she said he, he, the trouble is he, he he's dead and we're thinking oh my you know my goodness what's what's happened here is he you know is her husband dead in bed or something what's what and and so my friend said, well, "Who's who's dead? Are you are you okay?" And she said, "Yeah, yeah, he's dead." And 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 so he said, "Well, what, what what's his name?" And she said, "He's called Greeny." <laughs> and it was it was her budgie. <laughs> and so we were we kept a straight face because you know poor thing it was a lady and you know she was she was distraught because her budgie had died, and my friend said, "Oh, she he realised she she was an old lady." not not good on her pins and she wouldn't be able to bury him and she didn't want to put him in the bin so we actually took um greeny away with us and buried him in the grounds of st stephen's house on for her that was one of the things that happened when we were on 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 our placement that's pretty amazing yeah and then and then in the summer holidays uh you know you went and and shadowed a priest 
for a month. And um, so I did that. I went to a place called Prestwood with a lovely priest called Robert Wright and um, spent a month with him and learned a huge amount from him. And was it, was it a kind of pass or fail situation? I don't know. How do you graduate from St. Stephen's house or is it just by doing the time you... You had to take exams and you had to get dressed up in with a white shirt and a white bow tie because it was Oxford <laughs> and the exams were in the in the examination well, you had to wear that to do the exam yeah and you had to wear um like this a is teacher's... a St Stephen's house specific yeah. thing yeah. and you had to yeah no, no no everybody who took exams in Oxford had to do it and because St Stephen's house though it wasn't in the university bit of Oxford was associated with the it was very very closely associated with the University of Oxford when you took exams even though they weren't degrees or the ones I took weren't about being weren't at that level you still had to get dressed up in a suit with a white shirt and a white bow tie and a like a teacher's gown you had to wear one of those kind of Long black gap, long black yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's pictures that we've got pictures at home. You've probably seen them of us all swanning off to take our exams, looking like idiots. And what's what what's the what would the exams be about? Is oh. it like essay essay answers or oh, multiple oh. choice? No essay. It was all it was nearly all essay, and you had to do long. You had to do a long um, like a thesis thing. Uh-huh. Um, mine was on Islam, I think. Um, all the you know Christian relationships with Islam and that kind of thing, and yeah, exams on biblical studies and pastoral psychology and um, all those kind of things that we had to study. Yeah, and some people did Greek. I got left let off Greek because I was so useless at languages. I remember the <laughs> principal, who's a lovely, lovely man called David Hope. He's still alive. He was the Archbishop of York. He's retired now, and um, he was the principal. And uh, I was having my annual kind of review with him. And, uh, and he's, he's a Yorkshireman. And he said, no, 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 Michael, this, this Greek. And I said, oh, yes, Father. And we called him Father in those days. Well, you know, we called him Father, Father Hope. Uh, yeah, not, not brilliant. And he said, no, 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 it's not very good. Uh, I, think, uh, I, think, I think we might just draw a discreet veil over it and I won't tell anybody. <laughs> so he let, he let me off. He let me off doing Greek because I was so rubbish at it and he knew it was like, you know, did other a, people know that you'd been let off, or did you have to keep that one? No, no, no. I don't. I don't think anybody knew. I don't know. You didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell anyone. No. And then, so, so, could could one fail? That whether it was no, was there anyone that didn't? didn't no, no, make no. It? People people didn't fail because of failing exams. I don't. Th- not that I was aware of, but people did either leave either because they decided it wasn't for them or because it was suggested to them because of maybe because of something they'd done or an attitude that they had that this wasn't the right place for them at the present moment. So some one or two did leave, mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't really because of academic failure. I think there was an, there was an expectation that you'd, they'd find a way through if they felt that you should be a parish priest, right. which is good, which is good. Cause in the end, it's not about, in the end, it's not about an academic ability it's um you know it's about all sorts of other things as well as mm-hmm. you have to be able to say something sensible every week from a pulpit but you don't need to be an academic to be able to do that necessarily as i've proved with my entire my entire career <laughs> so so what so what happens at the end of st stephen's house what's the how do you get matched with a what how what's your next step then you then 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 you're out in the market 
So, so, uh, so you have to apply for jobs, or do they kind of feed? Uh, no, in those days, it's probably different now. Um, well, I think it's different, slightly different now. But in those days, um, because I, because I, my home was Ox was in the Oxford Diocese from High Wycombe. Uh, therefore, the first choice, the first place you would go to to look for a job will be in the diocese from which you came. So the first job that uh, the first jobs that I looked at were all in the Oxford Diocese. And um, in actual in actual fact, the first one that I went to look at. Uh, it, it, so you go thinking, I wonder whether this is the right place for me. And the vicar of the church looks at you and thinks, I wonder if this is the right curate for me. And you kind of come to a, a point of view together um so it's not like a it's not like a job interview really but there's elements of that um and i was very fortunate to go to beaconsfield and uh and um you know the the the, the vicar there was a a lovely lovely saintly man not not particularly like me we you know we didn't have a huge amount in, in common but i certainly respected and hugely admired him and um yeah so i went to beaconsfield as a cure and got so i got the job of curate of beaconsfield and is that where you broke your leg? Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, I, I didn't actually break it. That was, <laughs> that was the reason I broke my leg. Well, I didn't break it. I, 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 I sprained. How do you know about that? You weren't even alive then. I, I always remember driving round the roundabout on the Beaconsfield old high street and seeing the church and mum pointing up at the, uh, what was it? The flagpole on the spire. That's right. There was and, a very... And, and mum saying dad fell, fell from... A height and broke his leg. <laughs> Sounds as though I jumped off the tower. Yeah, it was a tower, not a spire. But no, no, no. So what happened was that there was a really strong. I don't know. Was it, there was a really there was a massive gale in in England, <laughs> and actually huge amounts of trees were blown over. It was in the eighties, in the kind of late eighties, I suppose. I went probably mid to late eighties, probably eighty seven, eighty. Eight, that kind of time uh, and there was a massive massive kind of weather a freak weather incident and the, the 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 flagpole of beaconsfield old town church blew off and onto the roof down below the tower and so mark who was my vicar or my training incumbent that my boss if you like mark and i went up the tower to have a look at the damage and um we couldn't see where the flagpole had gone because it you know it wasn't where it should have been so I think he gave me a leg up to kind of climb on the on the kind of um, battlements. They're not battlements, but you know what that kind of thing to look over to look onto the roof of the main part of the church, the uh, the, the nave roof, to see whether I could see it. And I and I so I kind of heaved myself up and had a look. And yeah, there it was. Yeah, it's there, Mark. And then and then uh, jumping back, I fell badly and really badly did my tendons in around my knee. So it was in plaster for, I don't know. And that was about the time that Ollie was born, your big brother. Wow. I don't know. It's dangerous being a priest. <laughs> Protect, <laughs> protecting your building. So how long... Go on. Oh, no, I was going to say, so how long, what, how long are you a curate for? How long yeah, until you can go on your own and, and make your own... It's usually three years, about three years. Um so, so you're you're basically an apprentice. So you can't do everything for the first year, when you're when you because when you're ordained, you're ordained first as a deacon. So you start wearing a dog collar and start doing some of the things that that a parish priest would do. And then a year after, 
uh, barring any kind of catastrophe, you get ordained as a priest and then you can do the whole works in terms of, you know, um, communion and blessings and weddings and stuff like that. Um, so I went to Beaconsfield for, th for three years minimum and ended up doing almost four years because my boss, Mark, uh, had a sabbatical and went to Australia. So he left me in charge um, of, of, the, of uh, one of the churches, um, well, you know, for four months or something or three months while he was away. And then, and then I found another job. Did you mess up at all? No. <laughs> no yeah, yeah, of course. Loads of times, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, I did my first funeral, obviously, there. And um, there was one occasion when I was... Um, I, I had to start the main Sunday service with, and there was probably in those days, probably 150 people in Beaconsfield, um, St. Mary's Beaconsfield, all of them, you know, it was leafy suburbia. All, most of my ministry has been in leafy suburbia, as you probably noticed. I haven't, you know, I haven't pushed myself to the really difficult parts of the world. Um, so it was in, in many ways, it was comfortable, um, but anyway, let's not go into that. Uh, so they were they they were all kind of business businessmen and women and barristers and all all you know successful people because you you've got to be relatively successful to be able to afford to live in a place like Beaconsfield. And yeah. um, so I started the service off um, as a curate as a deacon. So I couldn't do the whole service. I knew that, and that wasn't you know that uh, because Mark was away for some reason, and a priest was going to arrive after the first 10 or 15 minutes. So I did the beginning bit and did the sermon um, because he was going to come and do the Eucharist bit, the, you know, praying over the bread and wine bit. Right. And he never came. He and by up. and by by Christian law, you weren't allowed to do the service no. and do the Eucharist. No. So what so did I you just get? <laughs> you just kept asking the organist to keep playing another. <laughs> I was 20. I was playing another 20. verse. 26 or 27 or something i had this church full of really capable able intelligent um uh, people and um what do i do and and so uh, i said what i i, so I kind of made it up and said well okay well, what i'll do is i'm going to read the prayer that the priest would say over the bread and wine and then i'm going to ask the organist to play something for two three minutes and we're just <laughs> going to have some we're just going to have some uh, some silence and uh, and we'll just reflect on what actually receiving communion means. Uh, the wine's the best like bit. Yeah, well, yeah, but I couldn't do that bit, could I? I couldn't just, you know, <laughs> just have a drink anyway. There's there's, um, there's people there that being dragged along by their partners. Just, oh, when's the wine coming? And then you, you just said, let's sit and think about the wine. Well, yeah, so that's what they did. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and so that, so that wasn't that wasn't in a sense that well, it wasn't my fault, um, but it was a it was a crisis that I that I had to deal with in that, in my first year, and you know it was it was okay, and you know people recognised there was nothing else I could do, and we managed and we got through, and it was fine. So, what happened to the other priest? I can't remember what happened. He either he'd forgotten or he hadn't been told, or his car broke down, something like that. I can't remember. It's just one of those things that happens. <laughs> So from so from being a curate, what when what was your first job where you uh, captained captain the ship for the first that time? That, that, so after so towards the end of my uh, of our time in Beaconsfield, because Mum was training to be a nurse and actually qualified to be a nurse and started working as a nurse 
properly in um, while we're in Beaconsfield. That all happened there. And we had Ollie, um, your big brother. Uh, so as uh, so when he was less than one, we moved. Uh, I got a job as what's called a first incumbency. So it's the first job where I'm the vicar in a place called Wing on the outskirts of the of the Oxford Diocese, still in the Oxford Diocese, but on the very edge of it, um, which was one church in a large village, um, not far from Leighton Buzzard, I suppose. And so I was uh, I was 29 and usually nobody, in those days, nobody became an incumbent until they were 30. So I did it just a few months before I was 30. And that was so that was all right. And basically was just left to get on with it because that's that? how it happened in those days. It wasn't, I'm not, that's not being me being critical of the bishop, but actually you got the job and then that was it. You, you just had to get on with it. And was that a good feeling? Yeah, partly, partly. But on looking back, there was a huge amount of responsibility with not much, not a huge amount of support and um, uh, critical reflection you know you just had to make the best of it and I think I think a lot of clergy be, become weird I mean a lot of them are weird to start well a lot of us are weird to start <laughs> with. but actually the fact that you've actually got to do the job it's not so bad these days I think it's I think the church has got slightly better at this but in those days you were just left to get on with it and you had to convince yourself you were doing it right and you were doing it the best you could um or else you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to survive so lots of people managed to convince themselves they were doing it right and doing it the best they could when actually it was crap yeah <laughs> but no one told them so you could over years just morph into different just doing it yeah. the way you want to do it yeah. and then the, yeah. you could go from huge, one parish to another and, and huge amount experience of experience yeah. two very different kind of yeah I mean, the, the most interesting thing for me, and we'll probably get into this, it will be interesting to get into this a bit more next time, but maybe this is a good trailer for the next, for the, mm. for, for, for our next chat, is that that because I'd got a, you know, I've been to church all my life, I got a degree in theology, I got, I'd gone through St. Stephen's house and got qualified to be a priest, so I got ordained as a priest. I'd, what I believed and what I thought about God and the way God worked was very clear in my head. I got it all neat and tidy in my head. I'd got a wife um, uh, and I got a, a, a little boy and fully, fully expecting to have more. Um, and I was the vicar of a church. It was all I'd ever wanted to be. So it was all, everything was falling into place. Everything was neat and tidy, not only in terms of my life and my ambition and what I wanted to do, but also in the way that I thought about God and the way that things happen in the world and the, what I can do about things as a priest and then uh and then got mum got pregnant and she uh, and we had Jack yeah um and Jack lived for four months uh he was clearly not going to thrive um he had down syndrome and a bad heart um and uh so he he, he was born in in a in the September of um 88 I think it was and he died in January um 89. 89 um and he died in Helen House which is a hospice for children in Oxford the first the first ever children's hospice and as a direct result of that experience I became the chaplain at Helen House yeah and and what happened then was that everything that I all the neat and tidy god bit all the neat and tidy theology that I 
been taught and learnt and kind of absorbed and thought that I got all sorted was all thrown up in the air because it didn't fit. None of it really fitted with having a child who died um, uh, and then becoming a chaplain and having to take funerals for other families where their children had died, yeah. uh, which happened a lot. Uh, in, in obviously at St Stephen's House, um, Helen so, House, just, uh, Helen House. Um, so so uh, so over the next, I suppose, well, over the next period of time, I had to dismantle everything that I thought I knew, and I, well, not knew, but everything that kind of fitted. I had to take it all to pieces because it didn't fit, and and kind of reassemble it in a way that made made me able to live with the fact that we'd had a little boy who died and be able to be a be a priest if you like to other families who are going through similar and many in many ways it's not a comparison thing but more complicated and much longer traumatic stories than we actually had you know people living with um and i've never and i think the truth is that i've never actually got it back to neat and tidy ever again so so all of my theology all of my thinking and my understanding of god is incomplete which yeah. which which the the older i get the more comfortable i'm with <laughs> and and i think in a sense it's better than thinking you've got it sorted because i know i haven't anyway that's probably more for next next i don't well, know so how so i feel like a lot of people would not a lot of people well why wasn't your you're saying you haven't got it back to its neat and tidy since then no no but how do you reason what happened which then led you to kind of question everything you had as neat and tidy aren't you are okay aren't you just making it fit um maybe um i, I don't, don't know. think so but yeah maybe may, maybe um i think i mean some people think that um i remember going to see a lady at since it's um at Helen House, and um, she she was a Muslim lady, uh, and she had a little girl who had choked on a grape in a supermarket. So she'd been pushing this little girl around in the in the tr in the in the trolley, and she'd been feeding the little girl grapes. Um, absolutely, totally normal thing to do, and the poor little girl had choked. Yeah, and um, and she'd actually died for I think fifteen minutes or something. But they got her back. But by the time they got her back with the paramedics and things, she was um, uh, she was hugely damaged. You know, she because oxygen brain damage. Yeah, yeah. And um, she she clearly wasn't going to survive long. So she ended up um, her, her mum and this little girl in 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 Helen House. And so I remember going to visit her as the chaplain, thinking oh, I better be a bit careful here because. I'm a Christian. She's a Muslim. I don't want to be. Uh, I don't want to step on her toes. I don't want to upset her. I don't want to be crass. So I was very, very careful and just, you know, went and said hello and, and started having a bit of a chat. And um, uh, and and I just remember her saying at some point, um, 
I, I just feel so um, uh, 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 forgotten and, um, and, and that I don't, uh, you know, be, be, because she saw it all as part of a plan, all of all part of God's plan or Allah's plan, you know, so it had to happen. It was a fate. I think that was the word she used. It's fate. And therefore I've got to live with it. That's because that's how lots of people in the world, maybe the majority of people in the world live with things. It's fate. It's what's meant to be. Um, and, uh, and I think she, she, she kind of gave me permission to say that what I thought, which was that I didn't think it was any, in any plan that, her, you know, I couldn't believe in a God who would say, Oh, I think that, I think I'll give, I'll, I'll make that little girl choke on a grape. Mm-hmm. I can't, that, that makes absolutely no sense to me at all. Um, but bad things like that happen in the world that God created. So you somehow got to figure out how a God who is loving and kind and compassionate and all those things creates a world in which terrible things like that can happen. And the reason that, uh, and terrible things like, you know, me and mum having a, a little boy who's, you know, um, little building blocks of life fell down in such a way that actually he, he was, he was, um, handicapped and he had a bad heart and there was something wrong with his blood something something had gone wrong it was an accident somewhere mm. and rather so i came around to thinking that actually i'm not sure there is a plan um you know because i can't believe in a god who made it happen either for the little girl the little muslim girl or for our little boy um but he made a world in which there is freedom mm. and there has to be freedom for us to be human beings and freedom for us is not just I can choose to be do good or I can choose to be bad or do bad. Freedom's actually built into the way the world works. So there is randomness in things. So trees fall on cars as they go underneath it. And it's just an accident. And little boys, you know, chromosomes fall down in the wrong place and they end up being unable to sustain life for more than four months. And little girls eat grapes in supermarkets and choke. And this is this, and, and, but, but, but for me, it's what we do with whatever happens that's the key thing and that's that's where god comes in because actually the god that i believe in says actually there's nothing that can happen that you can't find some new life in that you can't find a way through that you can't build it doesn't it doesn't justify what's happened it doesn't make it better it doesn't make it less painful but there's nothing that can happen that with um it's going to sound pious like a sermon but with with create with, with approaching it with love and a sense of being creative with it, you can't do something positive with it. Yeah, I totally. Agree. And 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 that and that's that's the basis of everything that I've done ever since. I think. Is there a? I think I've asked you this before, but isn't there, you're saying those uh, horrible, random, sad uh, events, events that happen are random. So God isn't given credit for those yet. God gets given credit for the positive no, no, Random I don't. Events. No, 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 I, I don't think it's as that it's selective. That oh, no, I don't. 
God, I mean, God was part of the good thing, but oh, that thing is a random event, and now we'll use God to make it. A, do you know what I'm saying? No, yeah, I do know what you're saying. It, it's not, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that simple. I don't think. I think God creates. It's a not world. that I think it's simple. It's just that I think, and I, I, this isn't a reason why I'm, I, currently am not an active christian or believer of any faith yeah but it it has not put me off but it's just made me go oh it's it's just easy for somebody to say when it is and when it isn't god and then no no i don't think anything isn't god the god god you'll say but you'll say god's in the crap god because god made the world in which the crap can happen so so but so God did do those things, but you said you can't believe in a God that would do those things. No, God created a world in which things like that happen, can so, happen and do happen. So, which then leads, as you say, that you then have to process and yeah, and use them to lead you to a more positive. So, uh, and we're or, in that, sorry, we're in that world. And the question is, do you say, or oh, if if God creates a world in which that can happen, I don't want to have anything to do with him or her, then absolutely understand that. And sorry, um, so what are you going to do with all the crap then, is my question. Um, whereas I would say, actually, I do believe in a God who created a world in which there is a huge amount of beauty and uh, uh, creativity and good stuff. But actually, because it's a because freedom's part of it, which enables us to be who we are and to make choices like I, I'm going to want to be a priest and, you know, give my working life to the church. And actually I don't want to have anything to do with the church. Um, so I'm not going to, that's the freedom that we've got and that's fine. Um, but, if, but if you're going to say for someone like me, I says, actually, I do believe in a God who created the world in which good things and bad things can happen. Well, what am I going to do with all the bad stuff? Well, I'm going to think about, well, which 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 is God intent? Which was God's intention to allow that to be? You can't have compassion without suffering. He's he's allowing you to learn those lessons, which then leads you leads me to say maybe that woman was right in saying that her daughter daughter's role in the world that God had created was that there was an element of not necessarily fate that God had pre planned it, but God had allowed a uh, a, a, a situation to occur and the mum was seeing that as a as an act of god that it had been allowed to happen yeah and, and will learn to xyz from that situation yeah but you're saying that you don't believe it is fate or that god i don't know can you see I, I, I think I think what I'd say is that it didn't have to happen, but it did, and none of it has to happen. It be, be, because there's a randomness to things, which so what then, but then that that then that lies with the the good as well. Yeah, well, yeah, and yeah, the but, be, and, but the some, be, and the beauty that, but, but so, but some, so God didn't make things he allowed a world of randomness to happen and in so 
created a world where some good things happen and some bad things happened. But but some so, so he's not in control. He just kind of laid the the rules or not the rules laid the I don't pattern. know. I'm just I'm just challenging you. No, I don't I don't no, 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 necessarily know what I feel or believe, but I think the the, the 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 I would come back to you and say, well, actually, some things are good and bad. So so for but example, it depends. Which, it depends which side you're on. No, it doesn't. It depends where you are. So so if you're if you're walking around on Earth, actually, gravity is a pretty good thing because it means you're not flying off and disappearing into space. If you're in an aeroplane and the wings drop off, gravity's gravity is bad. a good thing. And if you're standing, if you're standing in a, in, in, you know, a mountain range and you're looking at a fantastic view with a lake and mountains and snow and sunshine and blue sky and everything, you think, wow, this is fantastic. What a great God that, you know, who created all of this. Mm-hmm. But in order for that all to be there, there had to be earthquakes and tsunamis and when earthquakes and tsunamis happen today, it's a tra- it's a trauma it's a trauma and a crisis because people die and crap happens and so. But the same thing that created the beauty of the world, if you like, in terms of those mountains and things, is 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 a good thing when we look at it from that perspective. But when we look at it from the perspective of, you know, hundreds of thousands of people dying in an earthquake or something, we think that's terrible, which of course it is. But it's just not that simple. It's to but, do with but, the- then, but then it, but then you've got a situation where somebody does something as an act of God, and to them that's the most beautiful, God-loving thing they could do, and the action that they take actually leads to horrific events for the victims of that act of. Well, absolutely. So, so you've got but... so you've got two camps of people: one who thinks that that they've done something in the name of God, and one that's saying that's the worst thing that that. that so it's yeah. So... I mean, lots of acts of terrorism are done in the act of God, and there have been. I mean, have been recently, but also over the centuries, and you know, Christians have been as 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 as, as guilty of that as as others. It doesn't mean just because somebody says God told me to do this doesn't mean that He did. And I guess that... I guess I'm just saying that what what's my current position is what's wrong with just believing that there is no higher or omnipresent being that has some kind of conscious idea or plan for things and that what's wrong with just going this is a natural biological I know you're going to groan but natural biological science organic thing that to, to 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 me currently that doesn't require me to answer the good and the bad things with something else other than it's just happening there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it i just don't think it's i i, I just think there's a better way and a more creative way I don't deny that there there's there's something in at this present moment human beings who have a this level of consciousness and this level of community on all levels that having 
things in place that benefit the group, whatever size the group is, family, friends, yeah. or larger villages, towns, uh, global, that bring those mm-hmm. people together, that I can see as important, but trying to wrestle with how God is, how God plays a part in the sad and awful events of uh, things such as illness or or acts of terrorism or natural disaster that that i don't know that just unfortunately bad things happen i don't know i think we ought to stop um i think um <laughs> uh oh it's time for lunch no 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 i know uh, i know i don't know i think we, we we must stop here but i i i think i push back to you by saying that actually a lot of the things that you and people like you, I hate that, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, take for granted as being, well, that's just obvious. Um, actually, has its foundations in faith, and faith, and, and I would say Christianity in particular. Um, you know, the Judeo-Christian kind of way of doing things. So that actually, it's not. If you look at, I read a, a really good book by a guy called Tom Holland by called Dominion. And actually, he's saying that a lot of the things that we take for granted about, you know, compassion and human rights and all those kind of things, they didn't just happen. Mm-hmm. It's not common sense. It's not normal kind of uh, organic, scientific, oh, well, for the good of the group, we'll do it this way. It actually came because somebody said, actually, the way that a lot of these uh, strong and powerful people in the world are behaving behaving like the Greeks and the Romans and others, some of which was absolutely fantastic and brilliant, was actually appallingly, it was all about slavery and you know taking advantage of the poor and you know th- there wasn't any equality of human rights or anything like that. That came as a direct result of lots of stuff in the Old Testament, but 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 the way that Jesus taught actually, mm-hmm. And, and and actually it's got it's got so embedded it's got so ingrained which is a good thing that actually people have forgotten that actually that's where it came from and that's where actually everything that's creative and helpful in terms of human uh, relationships has come from somewhere i don't think I, i'm well no i mean yeah I, that, that 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 i do respect for science and everything but and and rationality and all of those things absolutely logic and all those things but I don't think that's just it. I don't think that's it. But that, that, that it. I do agree with. Um, that the way that we progressed and uh, progressed as a civilization benefited from having a shared belief in something so that not everyone was an enemy and you could say, oh, I'm, I'm on this team and oh, I'm on this team too in team in terms of religion and therefore you could you could collectively benefit from large amounts of people sharing a belief in something is definite i would agree with you and say that that has led to the where we are now but but what yeah. about what what about imagining a world where there, there aren't any enemies? Which is basically what Jesus was saying. You know, there aren't people who are outside, there aren't people who are othered. Actually, we should love everybody. 
Yeah, but there's there's other people on the globe who say that there's other people who said that, and it there's not one. What well, is that a bad thing? There's not one. It religion. doesn't mean it's wrong just because other people said it too. If they did, I mean, I you know, food for thought. <laughs> talking, well, food, of food for th- talking of food, you're, I know how strict Indeed, you are. With your... I got up. I went after I'd done my bike bike ride this morning. I went out before I had my breakfast to Aras, the lovely bakers around the corner, and got three absolutely fantastic, huge sausage rolls. Ah, oh, God's God's work. <laughs> so that's what's waiting for me now i hope someone's put it in the oven to get it warm because they're fantastic it's huge amounts of sausage it's fantastic the best sausage (laughs) rolls in the world from arras on goodrum gate in york come and get them all right i'll get them to sponsor us when i was going to say maybe when we're rich and famous yeah york brewery and arras yeah all right well you enjoy your sausage roll i'll go and uh chew on uh chew on the thoughts of history religion and and god's work um okay and maybe actually eat something as well because i don't think that will yeah yeah all right then lovely that's fine but um and uh, it's my round i will send you a beer um yeah and i won't drink three of them before next saturday or whenever we do it next you can't drink three in one go anyway no i can't you're right (laughs) (laughs) all right well it was good good to speak to you and speak to you next week Okay, see ya. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.